Welcome back, Saints. This is Christopher Carter, and you are listening to the Warrior Discipleship Series podcast. Today we're in uh, part two of that series called God Kind, Angel Kind, Mankind, and this is episode six. I hope you're enjoying these podcasts. Let's go. Now let's talk for a minute about um, the fall of man, because there is an interaction here that takes place between Satan and the woman that is critical if you are to understand what battles are like and with whom we have them and what is the basis of their nature okay so before we start down this, let me reference again Paul's writing over in Ephesians where he said, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness, and wicked spirits in high places. 99.9% of the time, you're going to encounter that through other people who do not know Jesus. And oddly enough, the majority of time, it's going to be what are otherwise, on the surface, good, amoral people. Which is fine. Which is a great thing. But don't forget, the rich young ruler was a very amoral guy as well. But he was hanging on to the one thing that was keeping him from the kingdom. Okay? So, in the beginning, after God had created the mankind on the sixth day, and he had looked down and said, it is not fitting and proper that man should be alone. Let us, let us make man in our own image. The Bible clearly uses the plural there which is another scriptural reference to the fact that God is one God because he compl is always completely in agreement with himself. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't reason with him, you know, in his thought processes exactly the way we do. We do it because he does it. We do it because we are born of him. Even outside of Christ, when you were lost, you did this because God-likeness is in you. But in the fall, we fell and became eternal sinners. Mankind, once, once conceived, is going to exist for all eternity. And you're going to do it in one of two places an eternal hell where there's no escape, or an eternal heaven where God is restoring us completely to his right relationship and his peace and joy, and I don't think heaven's going to be it floating around in clouds you know, with little wings at all. I think it's going to be a whole lot like what's down here, only without the thorns and thistles. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> But but my point to all this is uh, there is an interaction here that 
we need to understand because this is how the enemy works. And this is how he got to the mankind, and this is how we fell. God placed an angel, after all that transpired, to guard the fruit, to guard the tree of life. And there's a difference between the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is what we partook of, and we knew good and evil because we became evil, like Satan is evil. That was the half-truth that Satan told us that was a whole lie. We'll cover that in just a second. But God put an angel, a cherub, if I recall, to guard the tree of life, which was different from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, lest we eat of that, and there was no hope for redemption after that. Okay? So, the scripture says, Now the serpent was more subtle. Subtle. Very subtle he was than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Genesis 3, 1. And he came to the woman and said, And I'm paraphrasing, you know, have you have you considered this tree, this fruit here, this this thing here? It's a it's you know good to make one wise and so on and so forth. It was a temptation. He suggested to the woman that she do something. And the and the woman said, God said you shall not look at it, not eat its fruit. Don't even touch it, lest dying you shall die. And that verse always kind of fascinated me. What does it mean, dying you shall die? And in in the base class, if you will, in the beginning of the analysis, there is God. There is the eternal spirit we know is God. He's not a man, he's God. He's not a male or a female, he's God. Okay? And uh, he gave the, the man and the woman a commandment not to, not to do certain things. And I've always wondered why, you know, why did you put it there if it was a problem? And that goes back to my, there's something more to this whole, this whole journey that has something to do with God and Lucifer. And I, I don't want to say we got caught in the middle of it, but it's almost like we kind of got caught in the middle of it. Or maybe that was our his plan all along, and God was just executing his own plan, and this side thing happened, and it was Satan. I don't know. But he, God warned the man and the woman, said, don't do this, lest dying you shall die. So that's, a God's, that's the Bible's way of saying, you are going to exist forever somewhere. And death is the, not just the death of your physical body. That's obvious, okay? But ultimate, actual, what death really, really is, is an eternal separation from the eternal God who always has existed and will always exist, who has no beginning or ending of days, and you will be separated from him in a place the Bible calls hell where the fire is never quenched and the worm dieth not 
and you will know that you're in hell and that you can never, ever, 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 ever get out and there's never any relief from the torment. The flame or the knowledge that I blew the chance I had to not be here. I can't wake up from a bad dream. It's not going to be over. Uh, you know, it's not going to heal and the pain go away. I'm here and I'll never get out for all eternity. Say, Chris, how can you say that? That's horrible. It is horrible. <laughs> but it's the truth. When Jesus talked about the rich man and Lazarus, he describes it. The rich man could look over into paradise and see, hey, I'm not over there and it's wonderful. I'm here and, and there's a flame and just have Lazarus dip his finger in water to cool my tongue. I'm tormented in this flame. I, I, he knew where he was. He knew he couldn't get out, but he was trying to bargain. That's called denial, by the way. Which is why Satan continues to do what he does. He's in denial. The Lord taught me something about denial. I had an experience in my life, if you know my personal testimony, someday maybe I'll share it publicly. He defined it for me this way. Denial is the lie you tell yourself again and again and again so well that through the process of chronic and habitual repetition, you start to believe, really believe, your own lie. And when you go far enough, you forget that you're lying to yourself. And it manifests by this kind of sick, hopeless hope that I can keep doing the same thing I've always done and it will somehow get better. Now that should terrify some of you. <laughs> and the rest of us are going, thank God for Jesus. Right? Well, Satan's there. He was the, he's the original denier. He denied that he was God's servant. What that is. That's what he was doing. I read the verses. So the Bible is has one reference after another, going from Genesis to Revelation, where God is warning us, don't go there. Do this instead. And all of this rebellion and war happened before. God said, let there be light. And Satan, Ezekiel records, or it was Jesus quoted Ezekiel, and Ezekiel recorded that Satan was cast down to the earth. To the earth? This is where the man was. Well, why would God do that? But he did. And he gave us the weapons to cast the devil out. And the woman tried here. Give her a little credit. She quoted the scripture. She quoted the word of God back to the devil. And that was noble. 
But here's something that's most people who meditate spiritual warfare, maybe even some that teach it, don't quite say. I'm going to say to you, many of you have never heard this before, so listen. It's great that the woman quoted God's word back to the devil, but that's where she went wrong. So how can it ever be wrong to uh, you know, quote the word to the devil? Well, it's not now. And it necessarily wasn't then. But here's the caution. Do not engage the devil, the enemy, in a conversation. Apart from the Holy Spirit, he's smarter than you. And me. Stay focused on the commission and the mission and the gifts. Be about obeying the commandment. I mean when you when you look at the read the gospels and you see Jesus' interaction with the disciples, when they encountered spirits, what were they doing? They were not out looking for demons. Not a once, not a single verse where were there any disciples out hunting devils, you know, so to speak. They were hunting men. When Jesus called the twelve, he said, come. When he got to the Sea of Galilee and he saw Peter and those guys, he said, come, I'll make you fishes of men. Come follow me and I'll make you fishes of men. I'll, you want to fish? I'm going to let you fish for the really, really, really big game. We're going to go fishing for men. That was another way of saying, I'm going to train you to be rescuers like me. To walk in my power and to rescue souls from hell. You want to hunt and you want to fish? Go hunt men. That's what I want to do, man. That's what I want to do. And so the woman engaged in a conversation and then began to, and this is the fatal mistake, she began to listen and consider what he said. Now, Satan is a liar. The Scripture documents it. Jesus Christ said it himself. He's a liar from the beginning. Jesus even said he hates the devil. For those of you who have that tender, boomy Christianity view, Jesus hates the devil, and he said so. Okay? Do not engage the enemy in a conversation. Because he began to rationalize the truth. And he said, well, the Lord knows that it will make you wise and so on and so forth. And he doesn't want you to be like him, knowing the difference between good and evil. My mentor, Dr. Edwin Lewis Cole, my primary mentor from years ago, has passed away now. Passed off, I guess he's been gone, I guess, almost 18 years now. But boy, the spirit of wisdom was on this guy. And he, he, he has a, he writes, he wrote coalisms, they called them, truisms. And he would say these things in, his, in the meetings. And we used to do the Christian Men's Network and when I pastored. And the guys loved it. We loved it. Because he was just, he talked to us like men. And he showed us how manhood and Christ-likeness are synonymous. That was one of his coalisms. The other one was a ha- is that a half-truth, a half-truth is a whole lie. And this is exactly what the devil is doing right here. 
He told the woman a half-truth. What he didn't tell her was that, yeah, you'll know the difference between good and evil because you're going to become evil. You're going to see it from the inside out. That's the part he didn't tell her. That concludes Episode 6 of God Kind, Angel Kind, Mankind in our Warrior Discipleship Series, Part 2. The last episode, 7, is coming up. Hope you can join this podcast. I'm Christopher Carter. Hello, everybody. This is Christopher Carter. I would like to tell you about my latest book release entitled No God, No Self, No Others. That's no spelled K-N-O-W. This is a book of truisms or maxims that I began writing in the early 90s when I would be out on a prayer walk or during my times of personal devotion, and I was trying to solve a problem or to make a particular decision. For example, to face challenges in life is human. It's how we deal with them that makes us who we are. Or, youth always expires and wisdom never expires. It's a great devotional book. The chapters are very short. You can open up pretty much anywhere and just read the maxim and then read the commentary. I believe it will help you in your devotional. It's available in Kindle, paperback, and hardcover on Amazon.com. You can find out more at my website at www.ChristopherLynnCarter.com.